Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. All right, we are so pumped to have you joining us today on Lead Time. Uh, continue to share all the the podcasts, especially send it off to a friend who may be in need. It's easy to lead in seasons of momentum and plenty when life is really, really good. But leaders will be judged, right, Jake? I'm here with Jake Bessling. Leaders will be judged long term by how they respond to inevitable suffering. And trial. It's really in those moments where you see uh, what the leaders got. You know, it's kind of easy to to lead in the good times, but it's the Joseph type quality of character in the really rough times of famine. Yeah, to make a leader what he is. Absolutely, grit and resilience. Those have become really trendy leadership buzzwords recently. Uh, why do you think that is, Jake? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that. Um, don't make it. <laughs> a lot of people don't survive. They they burn out quickly. I'm a trained director of Christian education. And sadly, a lot of that profession of youth ministry only lasts about 18 months. Mm. They go for four years in training, and then they only last about 18 months. Very sad. And a lot of it is the grit and the resilience to get through those really tough times and adapt along the way, um, thinking it's one thing. You thought it was just youth ministry at churches, eating pizza and hanging out with kids. There's a lot more to <laughs> it. And life uh, or churches are filled with sinners, and then you got to kind of figure out how to help those sinners, and so a lot of people bail out. It's a little bit ironic in this day and age that we have so many mechanisms to make our lives easier. Smartphones, social media, email, instant communication, you get feedback at the drop of a dime. Therefore, when trial inevitably hits, we often act like like something strange is happening to us because we have so much ease of access and information right at the tip of our fingers. But the reality is we all we all die. <laughs> we all are born and then we die. And we got a dash. And how are we living in that dash? Jesus followers, uh, we expect trial. Jesus says that we'll have trial. But we know the end of the story. We know that Jesus comes back to raise the dead. Jesus following leaders should be the most realistic and at the very same time, hope-filled leaders on the face of the planet. So I am so excited about today. Today, we have the privilege of chatting with Tess Waldhouse. Tess is a passionate leader. You are going to, to hear it from her. She has 20 years in leadership in the retail and marketing arenas. She's built and executed and developed recruiting and training mechanisms, uh, both, both in Target stores. BBW, what does that stand what for, does Tess? That mean? Bath and Body Works. Oh, yeah, I does. know that one. Yeah, it does. So good. I should have known you may not know that one. <laughs> BBW, <laughs> as well as Life Vantage. Uh, two years ago, though, and this is what we're going to focus in on today. Two years ago, Tess walked through the trial of breast cancer. Uh, you know, my wife walked through the same about four years ago. Uh, she was so thankful that uh, she's cancer-free today. We're so thankful. She's had multiple surgeries and infections, a lot of struggle. Uh, she suffered immensely, yet what you're going to hear today is that her faith in Jesus only deepened through the struggle. Tess, thanks so much for joining us on Lead Time. Oh, thank you so much. This is this is super exciting. In fact, I wasn't totally nervous until I went back and listened to 
a few of the prior podcasts. <laughs> You're silly. And they were amazing. You're amazing. I, seriously, amazing. Ryan Bredo, was it last week? Um, Ted Taylor mm-hmm. from Family, family Promise, Promise, who was just able to spend some time with the Family Promise last night. And Making this, dinner amazing. This is why we love lead time is we're young leaders who are learning and we've gotten to learn from some amazing people like yourself today. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really, really am excited and totally am honored to be here. No, thank you for being here. You guys can't really see what we're seeing, but as Tess walked into our office where we record these, she's got her Bible with her, and it's not just an ordinary Bible in the sense of, I see Bibles all the time, and uh, this one is worn out. Mm -hmm. It is... um, uh, marked up and there are different tags for different verses. And so leader, that means to me that she digs deep into God's word and in times of suffering uh, draws into it. So as we talk about suffering today, Tess, in your opinion, why? I mean, why do some people draw closer to God in, let's say, Jesus for the Christian through suffering and others fall kind of further away? Yeah, I honestly... I had never had th- this big of a struggle. You know, I kind of lived a life of, I mean, yes, there was pains and there was trials, but nothing where it was life altering, sure. where you get a diagnosis mm. and you're 45 years old and you have two kids and a husband and everything's rolling and you're like, it just completely stops you because of fear, right? And so I think when a trial hits, whether it's cancer whether it's a divorce, because that's the thing. This isn't about cancer today, really. It's really not. It's about fear, and it's about making a choice when the unexpected, whatever that unexpected is to whoever's listening today, um, whether it's a loss of a job, and it doesn't matter when, you know, it could happen at any time. But mine was so large at this point in my life that I think it's a choice that you make. I mean, if I was to go back and really think about it, it, you know, God instills us with the fruit of the spirit, you know, and, and either we choose to grab a hold of that and know that it's during trial as well. And it's not just put on a shelf for when things are good. I think it's a choice you make and you go. And that's why this Bible is so marked up because Mm -hmm. I had to learn to be very honest with you and very humble. I, I, this did not look like this five years ago. Mm. I mean, it didn't. And I, and I'm, you know, I'm not ashamed to say that. I mean, he forgives me. He's always there for me, but it wasn't like this five years ago. And he transformed me, um, through his word and uh, gosh, I'm, I'm not even near the, and I mean, I'm not, I'm just, I, that's why I'm so excited. I think that's why you see my passion is that once you start and you dig into it, as you guys know, I mean, it's amazing what he does to transform you every single day. And so I think to back to your question of why one or the other, I truly believe it's a choice that you make. You either make a choice to dig in and and maybe it's not even the word right away, but it's love. Like you have to understand that it's either love or fear. Mm -hmm. And so it gets you in that channel of I'm either going to love him and trust him and obey him and listen to him, or I'm going to be in fear and I'm going to isolate myself and I'm not going to open up any inspirational words that he has. I'm not going to surround myself with believers. Hmm. I'm going to surround myself with fear-based people. Um, I think it's a cho- it really is a choice and it's just, it escalates into so many different things because if for me, especially with the choice, it's I chose another choice that you make. I chose, I'm not missing church. Like I knew that worship 
and church and the people that were here at Christ Greenfield, I knew that that's where God wanted me. Like I just felt it. Mm. And and there wasn't even a question. My, my kids never complained that we went to every Advent service. We went to every Lent service. We, we helped. It, we just knew we had to be close to it, whatever that meant. So whether you're waking up and reading the word or you're, or at church or you're serving, that is who he is. Yeah. You know, Tess, this is so good. There's power in community. We talk about this all the time. And unless you're connected to a, a consistent community, you may believe the lie that life is always going to be one way, which is up and to the right. Things are great, right? Making a lot of money and got the nice car, great house and 401k is just, um, I'm loaded. And then uh, inevitably something comes, tragedy hits, you get the diagnosis. And in that moment, if you don't have community, I don't know where you go. Cause here's what community does too, is you get to see other people in the midst of their suffering and bear their burdens with them, pray for them, cry with them, hurt with them. That's what it means to be a pastor, a shepherd. We weep with those who weep. We rejoice with those who rejoice. But if you're not connected to that sort of community, it can just catch you off guard and you isolate and you choose fear rather than faith and love. Isn't that the truth? It's that's exactly right. I mean, if I that that's the choice, right, though, you have to make that choice. And it has to be a choice of I don't care if I don't have any hair this week. I don't care if I don't feel good. I mean, that's the thing about cancer, especially or any kind of um, physical ailment that you might be going through is that the, the feelings, right, that your physical body or that your mental piece of your body that, that's why it's so big when it comes to a cancer, because you can easily say, I don't feel good today. Yeah. But, but, but feeling good, you got to let go of your flesh. Hmm. Yeah. At that point, again, that's a choice. Like this is my flesh. I still have my spirit. My spirit is still right here and he will heal me through spirit. And they will tell you even in the medical world that 90% of your attitude or feelings or spirit, whatever, however you want to say that he that's what makes it through. So, yeah. you know, I saw a study on depression. If yeah. you are depressed in and going through your cancer diagnosis, you have mm. a 30% more chance of dying. Your body can't uh, heal. No, your body can't heal physically. That's right. Because your thoughts, right? We're all interconnected beings, right? Yeah. Heart, body, mind, spirit. Yeah. And so it's like, and then when you, and then what's crazy about my walk and why I have so much passion is that I knew all this, right? I knew this, I walked this leadership, whatever. But then when you see it in the word and you're like, oh, well, this has been here the whole time. Why didn't I just tap into it? You know, um, whether it's Hebrews 12, two or Romans 12, two, you know, your thoughts are, they matter. Yeah. And if you're not putting in the good stuff, you're not going to get good stuff out. That's so good. So when you came in our office and we, we, you were praying on the way over, uh, Tess mentioned that she was just grateful. So are you grateful then would you use that word for the suffering that you went through? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think the overall word, I mean, when I get tears, I think some people think, oh, she's crying because she's sad that she had cancer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, it's, no. it's not. I'm it's grateful. like, I'm literally, I've never, I've never cried so much over being so grateful and so joyful. And, mm. and, and not just that he healed me here yeah. on earth, that I actually realize now that he heals us here on earth. And if he doesn't heal us physically here on earth or our mind here on earth, that he heals us in eternal life. Yeah, for sure. And so what is there to be, afraid what of. is there, what is there to be afraid of? Yeah. Nothing. Game yeah. on then. You know, game yeah. on. In Gilbert, Arizona, a uh, highly affluent area, 
number one recession recovery city in America over the last decade. Uh, there is a move toward vanity. You know, how I look defines me. My identity is wrapped up in how people perceive me rather than who God says I am unconditionally, no matter how I look on the good hair days and the bad hair days. You know what I'm saying? He is, he is with me and I have my fair share of both of those, by the way. But for you walking through a physical struggle like this, there were, there were physical changes that took place to you, especially in a, in a woman's journey. And my wife is, is walking through, she's coming into another uh, surgery here in, in January and it's not a simple, simple road. So speak to that a little bit of your story, but then how you, your identity even was more wrapped up in Jesus rather than in external physical things. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I, if anybody knows me out there, I mean, I love to go shopping. Your you hair's know? looking flat. I right love now, that. I, you know, I like, I like, the, you know, yeah, I like yeah, the yeah. material things. I'm not going to apologize. I'm, I'm really not going to apologize for yeah. that. I don't like it when people... I, but I will tell you that if your spirit doesn't match the vibrancy on the outside, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't matter. And like, I, it just, it kind of just flows away, you know, and, and that cancer is, is, is pretty big. Cancer does things that, and it's not even the cancer, right? I mean, we could have a whole nother podcast if you ever (laughs) want to do one on just health and, and, and that whole piece of it, but I won't, I won't get into that, but that is huge for me right now. And that physical health and the mental health, but you do realize real quickly when you lose your hair and you're going to lose your hair at a point, you think I'm not, maybe, maybe it won't, maybe, maybe I'll be that 1% that they don't lose their hair. You know, is there really 1% that I think there is one. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They say, yeah, maybe it's even less 0.1%. That's a new one. And so you kind of hold on to, I'm like, okay, why am I holding on to that? In fact, to a story, if you don't mind me just sharing this real quick story on a physical thing. Um, I had a a phenomenal oncologist, um, Dr. Openchain and with oncologists, when hopefully no one here needs to ever see one, but if you do, one of the things about oncologists is that they are more about mind and spirit. Mm. It, it, a good one is. Do you know what I mean? It's yes. not about the physical very much. It's about mind because there's so many things that go on. And so I remember saying to her, I. I don't know if I can lose my hair. Like that's a big one for women. I mean, not only are you dealing with breast cancer, right? That's another female problem that you're dealing with, but then your hair. And I remember saying, I don't know if I can do this. Like how, and she goes, it is one of the biggest things that women fear to the point where they won't have chemo or they won't do treatment because of the hair, which again is a personal choice and they may survive and heal as well. But she said to me, she goes, what are you holding on to? She just, and, and she just asked me that question and I sat there and I literally just started crying and I'm like, oh my goodness, you're exactly right. Like, why am I holding on to such a, such a small, really a small physical thing? Like, why, why is that even part of my world mm-hmm. right now? She goes, you need to let go of that. She goes, you're healing And if this is part of the healing, you need to let go. And so it not only Mm. took on a whole story of my hair and that I was losing my eyebrows and my hair and, you know, it, it let, it it gave me, in fact, it was so funny. It was during Advent. Mm -hmm. Um, and no, it was during Lent. It was during Lent. About a year year and a half ago. Yeah. So so it was during Mm -hmm. Lent that it happened. And then of course, all of your guys' sermons are about letting go Mm. and, and, and fasting and suffering. And you know what I mean? I'm like, 
it was an amazing transformational time that Jesus was using me for. And you can use it for anything physical, right? Anything physical that you're going through, but letting something like that go, this is, this is your body's the flesh. Like we only have this for a certain amount of years, maybe 85 to hundred. If we're, if we're fortunate enough to yeah. stay here in a healthy body. Right. And to, you have to let go. Cause if you realize how eternal, eternal life is eternity, no end, like, what are we doing? Yeah. You know? Um, so I have to, I have to do this every day. Like, I think some people have a harder time than not, um, of what this physical body looks like. And, and to, uh, one other thing I'll say on that is I always, you know, for women, especially is the weight, like your weight and how you look and how tone you are and, and whatever. And it, again, same thing I'm not doing. It's kind of like this attitude of why are you doing it? That's right. Why are you, you're do, I'm doing it now to glorify him. I want to show people that you can get through suffering and you can still look strong and healthy and vibrant. I don't do it because I want to be thin. I do. It's, it's just, and, and it's amazing where he, he keeps you there in that spot. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, your passion is so palpable. And, uh, a lot of folks would be listening and saying, wow, I mean, I don't know. Cause I know it's going to come, but I don't know if I'm going to respond like a Tess Waldhouse. I know there were moments, especially with the infections that kind of came out of left field. There were moments of great struggle and, and trial and yes, and yes, a lot of pain, physical pain as well. So would you talk about maybe one of those lowest moments and how Jesus met you in that lowest of low? Yeah, I, there were, there were a lot. I mean, honestly, there really was, I think to get this type of passion, you have to have passion on the other side too. You have to identify your grief. So my grief was just as passionate um, to the point of literally on my knees. You know, when people say physically on, I was on my knees in my closet with the door shut some days Hmm. um, and just going, what is going on? You know, and the first one was the biggest and that was the diagnosis. And that was just my whole world was rolling. But my husband, Tim, as you guys know, he was like Jesus in the way of calm <laughs> and hopeful and faithful and all the things that I loved about him and loved about my kids in that house. They carried me. I mean, cause I'm the passionate one, right? I'm the one that gets dramatic and whoa, whoa, <laughs> but they kept me going, no, 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 stay, stay grounded. Where do you go? What do you do? Get in the word. We're going to give you your time. And so yeah, there was, there were many times, but a lot of them were just the first. So the first diagnosis, the first time driving into a five hour surgery and not knowing if the cancer had spread, that was a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, test results, waiting for the test results that those are unbelievable times where you just have to ooh, really get on your knees. And then, you know, the first chemo day, the first day I lost my hair. And then seven months later, finding out I have an infection and then losing one of my implants, literally. So this crazy stuff that's happened in the last few, in fact, I look at it now on paper and it kind of overwhelms me. Um, but I can tell you with assurance that each of these times there was a piece that, that he gave. So as I sit here and I'm thinking about maybe the non-Christian listener um, or the leader that leads people um, in their house or elsewhere that aren't Christian, what, I mean, you went through this as a Christian and you're saying it drew you to the word and you um, were solidified in your faith. Any advice for the non-Christian out there? What's your, what's your thought to them going through, going through cancer as well? You know, it's a, that is actually a really great question. I just was listening to um, 
was it a podcast the other day or reading something? No, it's reading. It was right. reading from C. C. S. Lewis. All right. And he said he's talks about it was about mere Christianity, right? His book, and he talks about Christians and non Christians and the judgment and non judgment of, of of all of all of us of people. And he says non Christians could be just as close to Christianity and be the most passionate Christian on this earth mm. than a Christian yeah. is that's falling away. I thought that was so astounding in the sense of breaking down the walls, you know, and not thinking in terms of that person's just a non-Christian and they don't believe, or this person's a Christian and of course they believe, you know what I mean? There's two spectrums and understanding as a people of this earth and that how God created us is that he has the power. God has the power at any time to take this person that might be looking at Christianity and say and, and exploding them to a passion that a Christian for many years has never, never had experienced. Yeah, never experienced. So I looked at that and I'm like, Good. this, this changed me, you know, because mm. I speak to I speak and I talk and I'm friends with many people in this world now of suffering of cancer. Um, it has kind of put me in this breast cancer cancer field. And I will tell you that. There's no walls. Do you know what I mean? I could be helping somebody that's a Christian for 25 years more so in the in the state of hope than I am that a non-Christian because they have that passion, that spirit. They just need to know Jesus. Does that make sense? They just (laughs) need to know eternal life. They need to understand who he is and what happened. What did God do? I mean, that's why Advent's such a huge season for me and talking to these people, because it's like, what do you? Do you really know who Jesus is? Like, do you understand what's Christmas, happening? Yeah. Do you understand what's happening in these four weeks? We are, we are awaiting something that God did. He put Himself into flesh for this earth <laughs> so that He could experience it. Like, do you, this season is amazing? And then people say, "Oh, the spirit of this." And the spirit. I'm like, do you really get what that spirit means? Yeah. You know. And so, to your question, that's all I do is I just talk about you have awesome spirit. And whether a Christian or non-Christian, then I take that and try to mesh it with It's crazy because it's almost easier sometimes, I, I would think, and I, in my experiences too, of the non-Christian that actually gets it, but the light bulb needs to be turned on the fact that Jesus has been doing that in their life, than yes. the stoic, stubborn, yes. long-time Christian that might not even honestly be Christian. Um, Carl Medeiros wrote a book, Speaking of Jesus, and I love how, kind of like C.S. Lewis and what you're articulating, it's not about heaven and hell as much as Jesus is in the center, mm. and we're either moving toward Jesus or away from Jesus, right. and even the Muslim, even right. the whoever else that isn't quote-unquote Christian um, is either moving away or forward. And so if you're a Christian out there and you're a leader, move toward toward Jesus as he pursues you as well. And, and you're saying through suffering, actually, you have found that you've moved closer toward your walk with Jesus than away. That's powerful. Yeah, yeah. we have— we have to monitor our, our language too. I'm becoming way more sensitive. If, if we do have some people that are on their way toward Jesus, exploring Christianity, I am way more sensitive to words like lost <laughs> and non-Christian, frankly. Totally. I like this pre-Christian and with Jesus at the center, we're on the way and all of us are being drawn by Jesus into a relationship. Um, whether it's from a natural knowledge of God, there's something stirring inside of me. That's God's spirit inside of you. And they're drawing you to recognize who God is centered in the cross and the empty tomb of, of Christ. So let's be sensitive about the words that we use and, and how we label people. And let's start from our common need for love, love 
and care and community start there with one another. Even if we have my Muslim neighbor, Mm -hmm. we each have a common need for food. We're getting together with them next week and for, for relationship. So you are modeling that in such, such a powerful way. Um, Tess, thank you so much. You know, it's often hard to know exactly how to care for those who are walking through suffering. What did people do for you in your season, a uh, season of suffering that was helpful? And and we can be sensitive, but also honest. What did others do that was not as helpful? Um, gosh, yeah, I, I life giving, really. I mean, not even helpful, but life giving. I mean, it's uh, we, going back to your, the first question of community. Um, you can't reap the benefits of it unless you have the community around you. And so um, daily prayers were huge knowing that I had literally, in fact, I started a blog, um, a separate blog on my Facebook because I knew that I wanted that assurance that people, I don't care Christians or non, I, I wanted them to pray about that time period. I had never asked for a lot of prayers in the past and that's a whole other subject of why we don't pray as much as we should. Um, but prayers daily was big, um, creating that blog so that people had a platform I'm uh, my love language is words of um, affirmation, affirmation, right? And so I knew that in order for me to feel loved, I needed those words. I didn't even need a physical touch necessarily quality time, not necessarily, but that words of affirmation were huge for me. So life giving. So that was big. Um, Surrounded by the faith of, like I said, in the church, um, the connections with the healing. Honestly, there were major moments that happened during church services for me. Um, Sermons, the text, the verses, the worship songs. In fact, um, Eric Malden and Lindsay Ermeling had sang, um, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Yeah. Nehemiah eight ten, Right. And I remember looking around, I'm like, that's my song. That's my song. Like I, I got to, I was just like, cr- I'm like, that's what he's trying to tell me. He's telling me right now, even though you're suffering and you don't think you have the strength, I have the strength. You just need to have joy in me and I will keep on giving it to you. So that, that was huge for me. People just being with me, encouraging stories, helping with my kids. I mean, the physicality is true, right? Just helping with my kids, like picking them up, bringing me meals, just having my friends, you know, Malachi, Tim, you know, I mean, Malachi and Dominic, my son are very, very good buddies, right? Malachi is my son. Malachi is Pastor Tim's son. And just to know that Malachi was there on a day-to-day basis for Dom to go to, cause he needed that. Cause he wasn't getting what he needed from me. That's huge to, to that, that the human connection for your kids and, and you guys know with your kids, it's like, if they're sad and they're suffering with you, that well, even makes it affect worse. You as well. Then. Yeah. 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 Um, Tim supporting Tim, my husband. I mean, I think that's the thing too, when sicknesses, especially in the church, what I'm going to say is this is when you have someone, a spouse that's sick and they're going through something, you kind of forget about the other spouse. You forget about the spouse because mm-hmm. they're living. I mean, you talk about your leadership at home, right? You guys were just talking about that's huge. Is you need to support that person so much because they're the ones, they're the ones with the grit. You know what I mean? Um, supporting uh, meals, physicality. I think those were the big things. Um, to your to answer the question on what's not so good. To be honest with you. I am pretty positive in in that light in the sense that I believe things happen because it's part of suffering. That is, there is a suffering to the suffering, right? Where you're like, oh, I thought that group of people would be a little more 
consoling or empathetic or whatever. whatever. And it's like, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. You know what I mean? Like, no, that's not where we're going with this. And so I think the biggest (laughs) thing would be rather than asking what you can do and and putting more burden on that person, just do it. Hmm. Like, don't be afraid that it's don't be afraid that it's the wrong thing or that they won't like it. Like, don't judge yourself. Does that make sense? Like, just do it, because honestly, if you've prayed about it and God's put it on your heart, it's what you should be doing. Yeah. So your motives are not about yourself, but it's about that person. But a lot of times the person going through it, they're getting it from a lot of different angles and they don't really know what to say. So just do it. That's really good advice. Just do it. Even if it's just crazy what you think, you know, I mean, just whatever. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Especially out of the motivation for love. Yeah. Motivation for love. Exactly. Right. Um, I also heard in there about the love languages, the, the five love languages by Gary Chapman to know the person going through this suffering time, know their love language and then meet them where they're at with that. And a lot of times that could be sending them a gift then knowing if they need that quality time or they don't need that quality time or for you. Um, I, I remember as you were talking about losing your hair, you know, you still always looked good Oh, with your, uh, the way you did that and the class that you brought to yeah. it. Um, so I tried to make it fun. So very cool. Um, and it's a good conversation starter, you know, as yes. they know you're walking through that and, yeah. and you can have a good, you have a great smile mm-hmm. as you bring that out and then talk about Jesus. So right. on the home stretch here, uh, to most of our listeners, we ask, um, uh, questions about leadership development. So we love to talk about developing and mentoring others. Um, who have you been able to develop through their season of struggle by sharing, um, maybe a story with us of who you're pouring into, uh, right now that could be a young or an older person that you're mentoring um, through their struggle. Can you share something like that? Yeah, I have, I've been able to partner with my um, oncologist Mm. and they have led me um, to some people that they thought might need more hope. Um, I probably won't use their names today on the podcast, just out of, you know, their privacy, but non-Christians back to that non-Christians and Christians and just people that I've met that maybe when I have lost my hair that I've met them in the grocery store or Starbucks and just started a conversation. I really have been drawn to people and especially women because of the breast cancer. So I really, that is what I do right now on my weeks is I, I do juice dates. Um, you guys know, I, (laughs) I love juice. I love God's green earth. Now I appreciate it more than ever. And so I, at the same token, will talk to them about hope and and Jesus and where my joy comes from and where their joy comes from. Listen, I really have gotten a lot better at listening and not always just stuffing it the first time I see them. Um, and then also just enjoying a good juice so what that you, they understand so physically. Let, what let's stop right there. Yeah. What's your favorite juice? Your green. I know they're green. What do you put in your green juice? Okay. Well, you're going to laugh at this because no, it's changed. Oh, I literally. Okay. Celery juice. I like celery only. Yeah, it's no I, ginger. Straight up, no ginger. Why not? I like ginger. And That's Darianne. a whole other subject. Oh. I'll tell you later what what ginger ginger is too is not good. Is, it's too heated for my body. Like it's too uh, hot. Mm. Like for my body. So celery juice only. You guys, it's what is it got? Eighty nine cents a pound. Okay, right. I'm trying to find things that everybody can do. Right, mm-hmm. that not just you're doing it at home. Yes, I do it at home. I put it in my Vitamix. I literally, it's a Head or two of celery. Yeah. Organic. Okay. Organic celery. You throw it in your Vitamix or you throw it in your juicer. Right. You strain it. If you put it in your Vitamix, you strain it. It take gets sixteen ounces out of one or two heads of celery. A dollar fifty. 
Exactly. A dollar fifty. How's it taste? It's amazing. And what what is it got? I mean, what are the nutritional it's properties? Amazing. What is it doing for you? I, I can't tell you the nutritional like this. It's there are terms to it. It's yeah. green, like salt. so it's good. But it's green. But it the things that it does for you uh-huh. um, is amazing. I mean, I, I can't even go. Yeah, like so I said, mushrooms, okay. celery. Mushroom, kind I mean, of crazy things, but all created things that help take care of the temple of the Holy Spirit, our bodies. Yes. I mean, yeah, like I said, I'm telling we're you. We're going to have you back. And yeah. We're going to talk about this. I'm going to talk right. about food. Food and like, honestly, just food, sunshine, everything that God has given us. Mm-hmm. And why are we not? Why are we creating our own? Why exactly. are we creating our own? Why are we creating our own system? We don't have to. It's very simple. And it's actually really inexpensive yeah. mm. if so you good. look at it. So. so if you could go back and give your younger self... You know, post college tests, a word of advice. Simply, what would you say? To love more, to really just lead, like you were saying. I mean, just really to lead with love because I have struggled with fear and doubt and anxiety most of my life. I don't know if a lot of people would know that or think that. Um, but I have. That's the humble, vulnerable piece of me that from a I, in fact, I can't remember the age it started. I think it was just always mm-hmm. um, that I lived in fear. And to be honest with you, I know that God chose me for this suffering, this part of suffering. It, it couldn't have. It seems weird on the outside. Right. It seemed healthy. I was fine. Whatever. I was actually in the supplement industry, but it wasn't about that. It was about he needed to transform my fear and anxiety and doubt into love and to trust and to hope. Mm. And that's what he, it's amazing what he does with suffering. He, he knows that you have the passion inside of you, but you're either going one way or you're going the other. And I was going one way and it was very destructive. Mm. It didn't look like it. Most people would say, oh, she, it was destructive. You know, if we had way more time, but it, it was destructive and he changed my course and I am forever grateful. Amen. And if God I had changed to go your course that, from fear to faith. And this is one of the best podcasts we've done so far because all of us inevitably are going to face something, something that's of suffering leading toward death. And so let's keep uh, having you repeat this same episode uh, whenever this comes up in your life. And I'm sure that God's put a lot of dreams on your life. Um, and on your heart, God dreams for uh, as as even this being one of them to be able to share your story. So what are some leadership dreams that God is putting on your heart because you've walked through suffering and you're closer to Jesus for it? Yeah, um, I'm I'm not great at dreaming. Okay. I, I, I'm really not. I'm, I'm trying to get that's the fear, right? I lived with so much fear and doubt mm. for so many years that I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of a baby when it comes to dreaming. And I need people with big dreams and big vision to be around me now. I know that because I have limited myself. Um, I'm so I'm starting real, real simple right now. What's a simple one? My simple one is just to be the leader in my home. Great. Home. My husband's the leader. Mm -hmm. But when the home piece, the food, the, the kids and the nurturing and the daily disciplines of that household. That is my job right now. Excellent. And until I understand that and get that filled out, then I can go into, I, I jumped into career. I, in fact, I didn't jump into, I was in career and I never really slowed down. And that was the other thing that he told me through this is I have blessed you with a wonderful husband, two wonderful kids, wonderful family. 
and people are watching you now and you need to show women, especially that they need to glorify me through being a wife and a mom first. And if they can't do that, they can't jump off to the other things. So I'm starting small again. And <laughs> which then, is actually pretty big because a which lot is of people. Pretty big. Right, yeah, right. I don't mean small in the way of, shift, yeah, I, so you know that I don't mean small. Yeah. Yeah. I, I ju- just simple, just simple. And because I'm raising two human beings that I don't want them to have anxiety for 20 years. I don't want them to have doubt for 20 years. I don't. And so I need to model that. And so that they, when they go off, they, they, they have that platform and that, that home feel, you know, of what, of what, of Jesus, Jesus is as a woman, especially in your home, you are the first connection to who Jesus is to their day. And gosh, I have to work on that still every day, but I, I at least wake up now and know that and am very, you're making that that. choice again. Yeah. I make exactly making that choice every day. Exactly. Tess, you are. Tess, you are a dear sister in Christ, and I am so proud of you and what God's done in your life. It's been a powerful testimony to me and to many others, and uh, Jesus has great things in store for you. So the last question, before I get crying too much, the last question is, uh, what are you reading right now? How is God shaping you uh, through others? Thank you. Thank you, Tim. I mean, Tim and Jake, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. You have no idea. I don't think the impression God has used you in my life and my family's life so much in the last five years that we've been here. Like, again, a choice, right? We made a choice to come here to Christ Greenfield. And he did that because he knew that we would get as close as we ever have gotten to Jesus. And you guys play a huge very huge part in that. So thank you for that. That just, I just want you to know that. Um, Praise the Lord. Seriously. I just, I I can't stress it enough to people that you got to get connected. You got to get connected to your local church um, and and be involved, not even connected, but involved so that you can show the grit. What's Um, so cool about this is like, it's mutually beneficial and that your posture towards suffering and cancer um, I haven't walked through that, but to see you walk through it, it blesses me to know then how to help other people. Um, and so just everything you're, you're saying has been a blessing to me and to see you walk through this with faith and hope and love and that fruit of the spirit to bless fruit other people is, is huge. I remember you outside after that, I think it was an Advent service, but you were going to walk into this journey and just, um, the, the faith you really already had, um, but now God's just given you faith upon faith. So what are you? What are you reading? You know, I'm one of those gals that has books on <laughs> stacks by my bed. So, I mean, my kids make fun of me because they're like, how many books are you reading? So, yeah, we're, I, the, how many we're have those you... guys, by the way. Okay, we're those good. guys. How many yeah. have you not finished yet? <laughs> exactly. So don't ask me what I finished. Just ask me what I'm actually reading because I kind of use Chapter one of how many books? Yeah, exactly. Um, unexpected. By Christine Kane, um, a phenomenal book on just anyone that has is walking through right now something that just kind of threw you for a loop, okay. and you don't even know which way to look. Um, Christine Kane, fully alive. Um, Susie Larson, that would even be to the reader. I love it because it's it has a ton of prayers in it. It's a lot of words. I love that words of affirmation in it. A lot. This would be great for someone that's not handling it well, like you're, you're kind of going the depression route. Mm. Um, and you're kind of slippery slide that way. This is a phenomenal book for that. Um, Rebecca Lyons, you are free. Mm. Um, and that kind of goes back to my 25 years of the doubts and who am I, like, who am I in Christ? You know, that fabulous book, you're free. And then anything by Francis Chan, he just, 
I don't know what his the way he brings the word on just about church and love and community is really raw for me. And I like to be in that space whenever he's talking. So any any kind of book by Francis. James. Yeah. And his newest one, Letters to the Church. Yes. Uh, you're enjoying that. I so am. for any any leader out there, Tess, it's been a joy to have you on the show. And uh, once again, listener, if you uh, are leading someone through um, any kind of depression, suffering, cancer, um, any kind of disease they're facing, any kind of struggle they're facing, um, cling to the hope that's in Jesus and know that um, you can invite people into a richer relationship with God Almighty and even see people then trust in him deeper and fuller and even put their full trust in Jesus. It's pretty powerful. Thanks for being on the show. Please share this podcast uh, as well on all your social media handles. And our next lead time episode is going to be with Jeff Nedry. Tell us a little bit about Jeff, Jake. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to start talking about starting something new. And Jeff has started stuff online before, um, smile cards where he gave these cards out to just random acts of kindness. And he really didn't even link that to his faith in Jesus. And then he started uh, something called Lame of the table. And then he's also a business owner that started a uh, print shop in uh, downtown Phoenix. And so he's going to talk to us about starting something new and definitely doing it so that more people would follow Jesus. So thanks again, Tess, for being on the show. Listener, thanks for leading. Have fun this week leading others. Amen. God is good all, all the, time. the time. Peace. All thanks, Tess. Thank you. You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org backslash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Monday for another episode.